0: And I was like, oh my gosh, I can go through um, my travel photography right just my photographs in general make them into postcards and then sell them to people who want art or want postcards and then donate those proceeds and at the same time that's just like win mutual benefit right where people get art to take home and then I'm able to donate and I'm also feeling fulfillment because I'm creating a community I'm creating connections and I guess like the medium that I chose to be postcards was because firstly I'm super I guess old school in some ways and I love writing cards to my friends but also in a time when people couldn't travel postcards could, right? And there was there was such a wave of like people doing Zoom calls and, 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 and all these web calls to reconnect your friends, and which was so beautiful and so amazing. And I loved it. But also, a text remains with you for maybe a week, but a postcard you'll keep forever. And so, I wanted to bring that back to the sincere connection alongside the hyper digitization and virtual world that we are finding ourselves in. And so yeah, I I just ideated this like crazy, dove deep into the creative hole of curating all these sets, like editing them, choosing which ones I really wanted to represent like a city or a country, designing the website, creating the logo with a friend. The whole process was so fulfilling.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Pyle Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel, and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures, and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with Carmen Chan. Carmen pursues both sustainability and the creative arts. In a complementary way, she's dedicated her career to the climate movement. She's worked at various organizations to learn about sustainability from different angles, such as supply chain, capacity building, nature-based programs, and decarbonization. Currently, Carmen works at a French energy management and digital automation multinational called Schneider Electric. And she's in the Sustainability Leadership Program. But I can't just stop here because there's so much more to share about Carmen. So I'm going to try and do this very quickly because I really appreciate all that you do, Carmen. And I think it's important for all our listeners and viewers to to get to understand that. So you celebrate beauty of nature and shared humanity through photography and videography. Oh, my God. Okay. Last but not the least, Carmen is also a We Got This Year 2 alumnus and she is the We Got This Year 3 MC and I can completely understand why. And I just want to add a little bit about WWF, which is where this We Got This sort of program actually started and it's a youth-led incubator empowering a generation of sustainability advocates on social media.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, Carmen. It's my absolute pleasure, Payal. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to join you on this conversation. And I love what Melting Pot represents and holds and all this diversity of voices for a positive impact and all these conversations that you're holding. It's so wonderful to be part of your initiative. So yeah, thank you for having me here. And for that wonderful introduction. I am <laughs> still learning in in, in all ways. So, I know, um, yeah. but I
1: think at such a young age for you to have been able to <laughs> incorporates so much in your life and the passion that you have for both creativity as well as sustainability speaks volumes. And I know that you're going to go really far with this. And I also wanted to add that I am, yes, melting pot, but I also have another show now boarding and you're Mm. actually going to be, and you are being interviewed for now boarding, which is Focused on sustainability, exactly what you do, and ecotourism and wildlife conservation. So that's really the focus of our boarding. And I think you. Absolutely fit into that. So thank
0: you. I also love the name now boarding. I feel like it holds so much excitement and anticipation. that's like a, it's like almost the beginning of your next journey, right? So that's really cool that you're having yeah conversations to spur. What can we start? What can we begin to solve problems, to meet needs, to fill in gaps? Like now boarding, yeah, that, that that's a really nice name. yes
1: yeah. as a podcast, whatever impact that we can have through Mm. this platform is what the agenda is and which is why I decided to also set up another podcast show and thank you for I didn't really think of it that way but (laughs) now now it makes a lot more sense with the name of the show so it's not about me it's not about now boarding it's about (laughs) you so Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your expertise in sustainability and creativity? And how did you actually get interested in trying to bring in an intersection
0: between the two? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say it's hard to put, describe yourself in a few words, but I guess if I really had to boil it down, I'll just say, yeah, I am a sustainability advocate and a creative storyteller. I think art has just always been part of me and my DNA from young. I've always been that girl who was tinkering in many different art forms from like ceramics to drawing to painting and being really hands-on, being very crafty and then pursuing art in my like extracurriculars and primary school and then eventually going to School of the Arts for my pre-tertiary education where I pursued visual arts and design and the multimedia and then from there I discovered my love for film. And so I switched to film in my final years in SOTA and I pursued that in the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program in IBDP. And so I think art has always been just a very natural way for me to explore and express my thoughts and sometimes break out of that rigidity of language or rationality, right? Sometimes you just want to move or flow or paint or express. And I feel like art has always been an outlet for me. And not just something visual, I also write a lot. And even through music, through dance, I think all these forms of embodying an emotion and embodying thought, I consider to be art. So I think that has just, yeah, truly been always a part of my personality. And the way that I uh, navigate with the world and the, the way that I engage with my surroundings. And in terms of sustainability, I think my story in that began maybe subconsciously when I started volunteering overseas in countries like Cambodia during my time schooling with School of the Arts. And was some of the activity, activities that we did was to build like concrete wells for the communities and in the villages that we were visiting and, and teaching at. And I think that kind of subconsciously exposed me to the fact that while in Singapore, it's so easy to have a washing machine and to hang your clothes to dry and like these villages before having that concrete pavement would not be able to really wash their clothes in, for example, rainy season, because there would be no um, space on the ground that was, you know, not muddy, for example. Right. And I think that kind of. Understanding and exposure then led and built up like naturally when I was in university and being exposed to a lot of these ideas in a more structured and academic way. And then I attended, no, I participated in lots of internships and a lot of programs and also classes such as Ecotopia. And I can talk about more more about that later, but I think that kind of formalized my, my insight and understanding that sustainability is the only and the most important thing that I should be dedicating my energies into because this is the only planet we have, right? This is the mission of all of us and so that is why I guess my way of finding intersection between my ways of expression and my ways of of processing through art and then my intellectual but also very emotional understanding that this planet needs our protection and we need to be doing a better job that's how it came together do
1: you think that sustainability
0: and the arts actually complement each other absolutely I mean you know how 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 they always say that complex challenges need creative solutions. You cannot be solving a problem within the same box of tools that created that problem, right? And so yes, I think cre- creativity and art and and sustainability is is very complementary because you need creativity to think of in your ideas and you need art to be able to communicate why. And then the reasoning and the persuasion behind it, right? I think that's how you rally people around a cause. And no, I think it's extremely complimentary.
1: And what are some of the projects that you have personally worked on Mm -hmm. to actually bring and where you feel like your storytelling, whether it's been visual or you mentioned that you also write, is there some kind of examples that you could share where you've actually seen because there is a lot of conversation around creativity and sustainability not really complementing each other so how can you counter that with you personally having done some projects or having worked with different organizations or whatever it is that you may have done in order to actually be able to bring the two together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question to like show tangibly what are some ways that these two come hand in hand. Before I describe my projects more in detail, I also like to share that I am daily surrounded by amazing peers that I'm inspired by, who are also doing this work, who are truly dedicated in this space and in this field, and who are constantly every day doing the creative work to um, make complex science digestible, sharing that, making it accessible with the audience, uh, with the mass audience. So I think it's it, I, I don't act in a vacuum, right? I am in, embedded in a community of creators and, and advocates and storytellers. And I, I feel very lucky to be able to count them as people, as my cheerleaders, my inspirations and my supporters. And yeah, uh, I feel f- I can totally share like links and, and names um, with you later on so your audience can also get to know them. I think one project that I will share with you about this question is actually behind me right here. <laughs> so this is these are actually my photos. The one here was taken in Bali on the top of Mount Batu and the one here was taken in India. I was in Missouri on a week-long trip to learn about the one planetary health principle and biodiversity at the foothills of the Himalayas. And these two pictures actually belong to my project called Highlight Falls. So Highlight Falls is a photography social impact initiative that I began in 2020 during COVID. I was moving out of university after graduating and it was just this time of pure chaos, right? When the world was like grappling with COVID breaking out and nobody knew what was going on, the timeline of things. And so I deeply wanted to be doing something and to help and contribute, but I didn't want to just be like donating money kind of one way transactionally, right? And so I was thinking and thinking, I was like, what can I do that's uniquely me that I can contribute impact and bring value to people? And I was like, oh my gosh, I can go through um, my travel photography, right, just my photographs in general, make them into postcards, and then sell them to people who want art or want postcards, and then donate those proceeds. And at the same time, that's just like win mutual benefit, right, where people get art to take home, and then I'm able to donate. And I'm also feeling fulfillment because I'm creating a community, I'm creating connections. And I guess like the medium that I chose to be postcards was because firstly I'm super, I guess, old school in some ways. And I love writing cards to my friends, but also in a time when people couldn't travel, postcards could, right? And there was there was such a wave of like people doing Zoom calls and 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 all these web calls to reconnect with friends, and which was so beautiful and so amazing. And I loved it. But also a text remains with you for maybe a week, but a postcard you'll keep forever. And so I wanted to bring that back to the sincere connection alongside the hyper digitization and virtual world that we are finding ourselves in. And so, yeah, I I just ideated this like crazy, dove deep into the creative hole of curating all these sets, like editing them, choosing which ones I really wanted to represent like a city or a country, designing the website, creating the logo with a friend. The whole process was so fulfilling. And then when I finally launched it, yeah, it was so well received from my friends and strangers. And then I did more booths, like market booths with, with yeah. collective community spaces and through those booths, which I think I enjoyed tremendously is because you get to meet so many people you get to talk to them you get to tell them about your idea I think that was something so special to me and I've met many many great friends as well and then you get to collaborate I've collaborated with local artists I've collaborated with local brands oh also the three pillars I'm donating to are climate action gender equality and social justice so I've been picking out different organizations in Singapore to donate to I know some of them I'm even we even managed to go further to hold like separate partnerships and separate fundraiser campaigns like just through postcards so I think it's so beautiful to see how when you put yourself out there in terms of for example your art or your idea there will always be a hand to receive that and then there's always going to be a way for someone to come in with their idea and their half to amplify that and make it more than the sum of its parts yeah that's one project that I was involved in. I could mention more maybe later <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no that's interesting and so this is a project that you're still involved in
0: mm. yeah. it's not as active as as it was last time because I do have a couple other projects that I'm uh, involved in okay. and, and delving into however it's still live the website is they're still live I think I did my last booth earlier this year and yeah I'm definitely not Stopping on it yet. It's just, I guess, a little bit dormant at the moment. But I do want to eventually put out more photos. But I think even beyond the sales funnel, for example, to bring into donations, like a big part of this project is also about spreading the idea and of like, yeah. the philosophy. Going yeah. down to observe how light falls and also bringing like with these photos, I want to bring in a piece of serenity into people's homes and into their lives and to remind them like how beautiful and how wide and how inspirational nature is. And I still get messages. About that. I guess I get someone who messaged me a photo of a sunset and be like, hey, like your pictures really inspired me to really observe my surroundings. And this photo reminded me of one of yours. So look at this moment that I captured. And to me, that's so beautiful because not just because they shared it with me, but because they had that change in their thought. They had the idea like, hey, this is actually special. This is actually a daily miracle. Let me not take it for granted. And for me, that is just, yeah, my highest kind of point of fulfillment because someone else is now appreciating nature a little bit more.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, no, and it it's important, even though um, it may be a very small contribution, but I mm-hmm. think the fact that you have been able to create an awareness and people are now reaching out to you, I think these are the kind of steps that we all need to take. And it's collectively, and like you said, as the community gets bigger and bigger, the impact will Be a lot more than what it probably is today, which is what I'm trying to do with my show now boarding is to I know it's a community that's like growing building people are listening in, there are conversations with people like yourself, who are so aware of the responsibility that goes with actually living on this planet. And the fact that you're able to share it through my platform, as are so many other very fascinating people that I talk to, in itself, I feel is somewhere making a difference. It may not be tangible at the moment, but I know that somewhere it is making a difference because now I want to ask you about climate change and the kind of global challenges that um, are being faced because of climate change? How do you think, what are the kind of, in your, because you're also working within sustainability in your corporate job, right? Mm -hmm. So what, how do you think, and what kind of resources um, should be used in order for us to be able to mitigate mm-hmm. and to this whole impact that we are currently facing with climate change? I look at Singapore, for yeah. example, and the kind of weather that is being experienced now and also being experienced in different parts of the world is very unusual, mm-hmm. right? And it's all a part of global warming and climate change. Again, so how do you think? And what are the different ways that we could possibly mitigate this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is a big question. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) every day also still investigating, searching, and looking for those answers. I think in my very limited experience, what I believe is really important is also to first measure measure you can't the, the saying that you can't manage what you don't measure and I feel like humans first need to really understand and take stock of what exactly they're producing and consuming and creating and releasing into the world and there is a lot of movements in the month, for example climate disclosure space right we're really talking about scope one two three emissions and your footprint what exactly is that environmental profile of your products I think that's incredibly important I think to break it down to maybe The mass consumers, right? There's a lot of people who believe that they can continue consuming in the way that they have indefinitely. And I think it's also because we have been primed by a lot of like capitalist systems to continue consuming, right? So concepts like retail therapy, concepts like onslaught of ads and advertisements, these are perpetuating the machinery of, consu- of, con- of consumption, which then is fed by the machinery of like extraction and exploitation, right? All of these are connected and it's a huge web of, in a sense, compounding negative impacts, if you will, right? But not to be too doomed about it, it's if you first realize how much your actions have an impact in what you are creating, what you are consuming, and the footprint of that. Then you're better to you're better off in realizing, wow, I can make better choices. I should make better choices, and in fact, I should be holding our leaders and our companies to account to make better choices as well, so that I am not as a consumer and not caught between a rock and a hard place. So yeah, I think first is to really measure and understand. Your place in the world with as an individual but also as someone who's in a company someone who's in a household Right? you're always part of bigger circles so I don't think the, the idea of oh like I'm insignificant no you're not insignificant and I'm so sorry I wasn't thinking part of your question again like I... no it's fine but
1: <laughs> what you're saying makes absolute sense <laughs> um, it's also I feel that with a lot of companies and a lot of big corporations Mm -hmm. and governments as well um, how there is this disconnect between pursuing sustainability pursuing uh, ways in which to mitigate climate change Mm -hmm. versus the economic growth yes so that is again something which I don't know if you have a better understanding of because you do work mm-hmm. with a big company, right? And so I don't know if you could shed some light
0: on yeah. that. really. Um, I think that's actually such an interesting kind of point of contention and there's a lot of literature out there that talks about this about degrowth about like donor economics for example like there is a lot um, being discussed in how we can create a model which is still growing but maybe at a more um, sustainable rate right instead of racing to the top and racing to this infinite level of, of, of greed and excess right I think in terms of Drawing from my corporate experience from being in Enterprise Singapore, where we were developing our local enterprises to carry our homegrown name locally, as well as um, globally, as well as in my current company now, there is definitely the idea that, you know, we need and we want growth, right? We need success to, to kind of sustain livelihoods, to sustain supply chains globally, which as we can see from the recent geopolitical events are extremely fragile but also extremely important right um in the whole running of daily life and i do also personally struggle sometimes with the idea that we need consumption and growth to raise like living wages for example and continue our rates of education but then to reconcile that with the rates of extraction and then the obvious exploitation is happening and the pollution the levels of pollution how i have come to to see it is to think globally, act locally as much as we can. So just for example, um, my company right now, we are an energy management company. We don't actually um, produce energy, but we help you measure and use them more efficiently um, to empower consumers with technology and platforms that are able to measure your use, to optimize, to control. And these are not just on the consumer level, but largely actually on the industrial level, right? So how can we help you optimize your productions to ensure that you not only lower your own costs through energy savings, but you also save manpower so you free up more efficiency um, for your workforce to be dedicated to more higher-skilled tasks? And this is actually really interesting because this is actually what we worked on in my in Enterprise Singapore, in the portfolios there, where we are always looking at how we can support our local company to be more productive, more efficient. And this comes with like productivity grants, this comes with change of technology, either with a software to control your past or to control your inventory or maybe robots or a different warehousing system. So I think there's a lot of solutions creative solutions with technology out there that we can employ locally to be like, okay, how can we increase our productivity with a lower footprint? And then obviously Schneider Electric is also producing and releasing technologies and machinery that that does this, right? Circuit breakers with maybe better parts or a different material, right? We it's just really interesting to see how the different parts of the industry and the market come together to, to come into play. And then, of course, we have the whole philanthropic side, which is what I was also involved in with the Foundation and um, before that, a Majority Trust. So seeing how money um, from larger actors in the market can be funneled into good places right and really working with partners on the ground and not just giving it to organizations that are a little bit more higher we really work with like organizations that are on the ground working in the fields like talking to the people that are actually being affected and seeing these projects come to fruition talking about mangrove restoration talking about peatland restoration and and all these projects take a long time right any kind of nature land um, restoration is is a long-term project and sometimes there's a lot of risk in that financially which is why philanthropy is so important to fill in that gap for now because there's a lot more risk that money can hold and also
1: I think nurturing is very important right Mm -hmm. so it's an idea and in order for the idea to actually take quotation you need to have it nurtured financially as well as being able to support it complementary ideas i think that is so important and it's incredible that in your you say that you have limited experience but given the fact that you worked with enterprise singapore you've been involved with the tamasic foundation you've i want to know a little bit more about how you got involved with the we got this yeah uh, program know. because that how ha- what was there like a screening process or how did you get involved in it to become a part of
0: it in year two and mm-hmm. what is it that you contributed yeah so I love this question because I feel like it's a my involvement when we got this has been very full circle so I actually saw the open call for it in the year one edition, it's first edition, but I was very busy with my projects and with my job at the point of time and so I didn't have the capacity to join it at the moment but I do, I did very clearly remember seeing it and being like that is such an interesting course and opportunity. And then the second year it happened, it just so happened that I had left um, my place at Enterprise Singapore and I was on basically like a creative gap year, right? I was traveling um, for six months, I was backpacking and then I was also being like freelance artist and, and creating with my art collectors back here in Singapore and building community. And so this was actually, I saw it while, while I was traveling. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I finally had the capacity. Let me just try. So I applied and I got in and got selected to be part of the the year two cohort. And it was so interesting because it was fully virtual as well because of COVID, which is great because I was like taking in the calls from like Frankfurt and, and London <laughs> and in Sweden. It was very fun to have this opportunity and have this community follow you around. And yeah, we got this has been a really good program in terms of really creating and providing that structured conducive space for learning and not only do they provide extremely well curated like programs of experts and advocates in the field who are like super active super respected I was almost like oh my gosh I can't believe they are like getting these people and they were speaking to us Right here on our computers, it was so crazy to be able to like directly ask them Q&A, like, people that you really respect and that are truly inspirational. And then also a lot of ask me anything sessions and like workbooks to like reflect and do. There's a lot of homework, right? It's not just, oh, yeah. you yeah. like, they yeah. wanted us to be involved. There was a lot of like everyday accountability so while they also provide a lot of resource there's also a lot of accountability and with anything it's how much you put in is how much you take out so I think that was a very beautiful course and over the the course of the master classes all the presentations the panels and everything you really learn more about like the whole potential of like digital advocacy and using social media as a platform and as a amplifier for messages that need to be heard right how do you break down complex science? how do you motivate people how do you create a community how do you engage them into with the call to action so I think all of that was things that I learned from them and then again full circle because coming back and as they were going to their third year they actually so kindly invited me to be their host and MC which is just like such a thrill (laughs) I had so much fun I'm not surprised why (laughs) (laughs) I had so much fun and to be on the other side and to be able to connect with the with the participants in in so many ways because we were similar in age and I did the program last year was just so incredible and this time I was in person so it was just amazing to feel that collective effervescence and we had a lot of delegates join us from like different countries in ASEAN as well so they brought such like a different flavor of like background motivations concerns like everyone's like different SDGs that they were like tackling because even within Southeast Asia like the realities are so disparate and so it was really inspirational and motivational to also see the zest and the ideas and not just that with the progress that some of the delegates from ASEAN you know, have already achieved and bring it to the table here was just incredible so I, I I think it was awesome to see the program be improved and to offer like an in-person incubation and then like, a panel pitching moment at the end I think it's just amazing for like you an amazing opportunity for youth to go through this yeah so it's I'm
1: encouragement really it's encouragement it's opportunity mm-hmm also gives especially the young yeah uh, and and the fact that you're able to actually link up and be able to speak to so many people who've already got the experience and then to learn from them as well and to learn from each other is also something which I think is yeah very very It's incredible from whatever I read about the program Mm -hmm. and I have spoken to someone else who was a part of, I don't know whether she was a part of your cohort Mm -hmm. or a year first year. I can't, I'm not sure. I don't remember, but Mm -hmm. it was very interesting talking to her as well. But yeah, no, I am so happy that we were (laughs) able to have this conversation. And before I let you go, just some advice that you can offer individuals who are actually looking at becoming more informed and more active in promoting sustainability, wherever they may be, whichever part of the world and whatever aspect of sustainability.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Head face. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't really count myself as someone who's inexperienced. No, but
1: any <laughs> I think you, you have enough experience and you've looked at it from a very holistic Mm. Way yeah. in a in a very holistic way uh, because <laughs> yes. of all these different experiences that you've had working with different organizations who offer their own what's the word they have their own kind of strength and the way they mission. communicate yeah and their own mission so. Mm. I think you, you would definitely, and you should never allow yourself to feel like you, you are, you don't have that much experience because I think you do. And I'd love for you to share some kind of thoughts that you may have, which would
0: encourage others. Absolutely. Okay. I think. Firstly, thank you for that pep talk. (laughs) Love that. It's good. At at every stage of your life, you realize sometimes you do underplay like what you have gone through because you see how much more there is to learn and to grow. But you're so right. I think there's always value. I mean, there's
1: always. At at every stage in your life, you're learning. Every day you're learning. Talking to you has been a learning for me. And every conversation that I have, whether it's for Melting Pot, or now boarding, mm-hmm. is learning for me as well. So I think you never stop learning. Yeah. And, and but what you have to share is also extremely important at whatever stage you may be at. Yeah, sorry. So I'd love for you to... <laughs> no, that's okay. Give me a some... Sorry I interrupted <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Not at all. Okay, I think some advice would be maybe like three points. I think first is to, in terms of Yeah, I think advice in terms of navigating and engaging with yourself and your own patterns of thought as well as your audience and your community would be number one to be aware of your own patterns, your own um, motivations, your own story, really understand why and who is it about you that makes you the right person to speak about this, right? What is that internal link? Be aware of where you're coming from, be aware of how your words may be landing to other people. And then linked to that is to be intentional with the energy that you're putting out, be intentional with the words and the visuals and the vibes, right? Because as much as it's like a Gen Z term, like it's so true, like the emotion through your communication is going to attract a different type of audience, right? So I think Be really intentional in the energy that you're putting out, whether it's all about like stubborn optimism or whether you're all about doomism, you're going to be attracting a different crowd of people. So being aware of your motivations, being intentional of your energy and then the day to be sincere. I think in a time of social media, there's a lot of comparison that goes on and, and At the end of the day, while numbers could mean you reach more people, for example, it doesn't always, it's not proportional to the quality of the impact, for example, right? So I think don't worry too much about that. Be sincere in your creations because you believe in it and because you love it and because it's your passion and because you know that even if it impacts one person, it is enough because then you have done something. You've created something outside of you. And that Um, one person will take
1: it to the next person exactly. yeah exactly. yeah and that's how you build a community yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah
0: yeah ripple of change believing that you are never too small to absolutely. create a positive impact within first yourself and then your circle and then your community and then larger from there so always have hope and be sincere always have
1: hope <laughs> absolutely that that it's just been such a fun conversation thank you so Likewise. much thank, you, thank Kyle. you I really enjoyed talking to you oh my god! I you. power to you oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty certain that um you are on you're absolutely in the right direction and I'm going to see a lot more and hear a lot more about you so I really appreciate this
0: time. thank you so much thank you so much Payal really good <laughs> time together great <laughs> we're grateful to be an on board now boarding and boarding. starting our journey yeah
1: <laughs> correct Absolutely. we are going
0: off into the unknown with yeah. optimism <laughs> with absolute optimism
1: <laughs> thank, thank you. you thank you Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.